Welcome to the Teacher Interview Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Creasel. I work as Director of Innovation and Instructional Support in Fullerton School District, and every week we sit down and get to know a teacher better. My goal is to learn what drives and guides teachers, especially when venturing into that risky territory of trying something new. Join me. Today we spend time with Blair Campbell. She teaches third grade at Beechwood School. Well, Blair, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, sure. So um, we talked a little bit about how the format works. Um, we're just going to open with like how you got into teaching. So tell us what that was like for you. Oh, first tell us where you teach, what grade. Okay. So I teach at Beechwood School, third grade. This is my 14th year teaching there. Okay. And I started in sixth in a middle school section there. And then this is year 11 in third grade. Wow. Oh my gosh. Lucky me. Lucky. <laughs> for real. Like super lucky. Yeah. It's my dream. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. Wow. Um, I don't. I don't usually, when we interview people, you don't usually hear that. You hear like a lot of movement between grades. So that's awesome. Yeah. I don't know how lucky I got. And I'm one that I make changes every year. So it always feels fresh and new for me. Um, so I'm not tired of it at all. And that's I cool. want to stick with third if I can. <laughs> you want to yeah. go to retire, to <laughs> retire in third more grade. To do. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Before we jump into your, um, how you got into teaching, what is it about third grade that is appealing? So it's so many things. Part of it is I feel like it's the perfect age where they start to become independent learners. And mm -hmm. I love that. And I love kind of helping them explore that independence. Yeah. But they're still excited about school. And they haven't had that like preteen edge yet where mm. things start to get bogged down and things like that. They get jaded that. on school. Yeah, yeah, I feel like there's still these little sponges where I can say something and they just get equally excited. And the more excitement I share with them, they just mm. feed off of it. And um, and I love the curriculum in third grade too. It's that shift kind of from like learning how to read to mm. um, reading to learn. Mm -hmm. And that's just kind of how it is in all the subject areas. So yeah. I really like that. I just feel like it's like that perfect fit. Yeah. For me. That's it cool. Is. Yeah. That's really cool. All right. So tell us how you got into teaching. I know it sounds cliche, but it was something that I wanted to do like from the get go. Like <laughs> really? I entered school in kindergarten and I like just loved kindergarten. I loved my teacher and I was just in awe about the whole yeah. situation of what school was like. Where did you grow um, up? I grew up here in Fullerton. I went to Laguna Road. What? Yeah. That's and awesome. started Laguna Road since kindergarten and went through to parks and sunny hills. And I had a really good educational experience. I, I feel sad, actually, when I hear people share mm. about how they didn't have a great teacher in this grade or it was tough for them. Um, I mean, it was difficult for sure, like internally sometimes just yeah. going through different ages and phases. But yeah. um, the schooling part of it was always just really interesting and inspiring to me. And I really had good relationships, I felt like, with my teachers. So um, it was something I just wanted to do. So, like, I would come home after school 
probably like as a first grader and play school <laughs> in my room. I'd make my little sister be my student. I'd of force my mom to bring me to the school supply store so I could get the scratch and sniff like happy face stickers. Yeah. And I would like literally write and create my own little worksheets on like pencil paper yeah. and make my sister or my neighbors come over and do it. <laughs> okay. Normally we, we leave the quotes to later, the interviews Uh-oh. we did with, with other people, but that actually came up. So oh I'm going to, I'm just going to introduce well, that go. now. So, um, you said we could contact your mom. So, um, she said that she's witnessed your passion and desire for learning and teaching. Uh-huh. And then she documents that with a story about when you were seven. Okay. And <laughs> she said you gathered the neighborhood children along with your sister to initiate uh, a game of Kids Jeopardy. Oh, yeah. Do you I, remember that? Yep. And I would do it when I would babysit too, actually. But yeah, I was always, yeah, I liked Jeopardy even as a little kid. <laughs> Such a dork. Um, but yeah, That's cool. it was just, I wanted to recreate what I was experiencing in the day at school. Yeah. And I don't know what it was. I just had a passion for it at a young age and... I'm glad I did because it yeah. never really changed. So you really had your mom take you to the teacher supply store? Yes. Like I would walk in, like most kids walk into the candy store and they're like, oh my God, look at all this candy yeah. at the sweet Our factory. Toy store. <laughs> right. But for me, I like, I needed to have the colorful markers, the special stickers. I wanted the, like, I don't know, notebooks, special notebooks, yeah. like trapper keepers back then. That's like where I would organize all of my files i wanted a filing system like all of it i don't know i don't know That's where so that came from because yeah. neither of my parents were educators my aunt was but she lived in vermont so i didn't mm. have a lot of you know you know time with her so yeah. i don't really know where it came from and it sounds like when you describe it it sounds like you saw all these things as like shiny and very attractive yes, it and, was like mag- a magical yeah. world for me and That's i just cool. wanted to start i'm like do i really have to go through 10 more years of school <laughs> before i can actually become a teacher like i have to wait that long yeah that's that's hilarious. So, okay, so let's go back to the journey. Um, so you were teaching when you were seven and when you were yes, young. Yes, I but, started my teaching career yeah. at age seven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then take me forward through high school and college. What? Uh, how'd you end up uh, yeah, pursuing so, it? Yeah, um, so, I mean, I still wanted, I was still passionate about it going through junior high and high school, but it's not like I'm doing much to get there other than right. trying to get good grades yeah. and get through yeah. The hard days and the good days. Um, Did school, your enchantment with school change over time? Because typically kids do yeah. get less excited about school. Um, definitely. Junior high was tough for me. I went mm. through just kind of that awkward junior high age phase where, you know, you're uncomfortable in your own skin as you're changing and friendships yeah. are kind of difficult. I definitely hit like a yeah. lull of you know, self-esteem. And I was always kind of that sensitive kid. Took Mm. me a little bit longer to make friends and just find out where I fit in. Mm. Um, So that made just school hard too. Plus I was always very um, kind of just anxiety. I'd had anxiety Mm. about things that I didn't get. Like history was really, really hard for me. Reading Mm. was really hard for me. So those weren't like just easy subjects that I did well in. Yeah. and it just took a long time for me to figure it out. Yeah. Um, but, you know, along I went and I passed yeah. and I was fine yeah. and I got good <laughs> grades. And yeah. um, I knew I wanted to go into education. But when I started applying for colleges, um, I did 
pretty much all the UC schools. Okay. Um, Santa Barbara was my top choice. I didn't get in, mm. um, which I was shocked by because I was like, this is where I'm going, right? right? Yeah. Like I've got this the grades, this is the plan. Not, yeah. You can't mess up someone that's really controlling <laughs> and has a plan for everything, but that plan didn't really you know, follow. Yeah, so follow. what happened? I appealed and what yeah i appealed okay. and they sent a letter back and said sorry you're still not able to come in and i was <laughs> you like you crushed me what? i was like oh you appealed and i won. appealed i used my writing skills and my passion and no it didn't work oh, and gosh. i was devastated but i got into uc santa cruz and went up yeah. there to visit and fell in love with it i'm like i guess i'm just meant to go here yeah, yeah. And my parents supported it and it was like the best decision ever. Oh, that's great. But they don't have education as a major in right. any of the UCs. So psychology was yeah. what I majored in, okay. which was great because I kind of focused more on like the child psychology part and minored in education. I knew I'd get out, I'd go get my credential and mm -hmm. I'd be good to go. And that's exactly what I did. And then where did you start teaching? So, well, I, um, after I graduated at Santa Cruz, I went to Pepperdine to get my master's in credential and then student taught kind of like in Orange County mm -hmm. and then started my Official teaching job at Beachwood. No, you didn't. Yeah, wow. I was fresh out of grad school, 23, <laughs> didn't know what I was doing. But remember, I'd been preparing since I was seven. <laughs> right. So you had files to dig through. Where's yes, that, where's exactly. that lesson plan where's from those when old, I was seven? You know, gold stickers that I've been saving for 20 years. That's awesome. That's um, awesome. So, yeah, it, it's funny because when I was applying for, call, uh, for a job, I was very adamant about not coming to Fullerton. So really? I applied everywhere else. I was living in Newport Beach at the time because I went to the grad school, um, like satellite campus, mm -hmm. which was in Irvine, and figured I'll teach in, you know, in Newport or Capistrano yeah. where I did my student teaching and didn't get a job, didn't get a job. The school year started, didn't get hired because it was like one of those crazy yeah. times where it was just really yeah. hard to get a teaching job. It was... Um, a lot of teachers looking for jobs and just not enough. Yeah. So my mom finally said, Blair, it wouldn't hurt just to put your application into Fullerton. I'm like, Fullerton, where I grew up. I can't go back now. <laughs> I can't go back but now. But I listened to my mother and I did yeah. it. And I got a call literally a week later. Oh, my god. And interviewed on Halloween. And they hired me. I got the phone call like a few days later. Yeah. And took over a position that wasn't working out for somebody else at Beachwood. And I swooped in. And Oh, my gosh. That's wild. The rest is history. The rest is history. So I guess I can't control everything I've learned. Just go with the flow sometimes. And yeah. sometimes there's just a better plan out there that you didn't realize. Yeah. Is, do you, uh, when you think back about that first year teaching, is there something that sticks out um, as a useful lesson or something you would tell a first year teacher now? Something that you think, um, you know, that's that's kind of a good, a good principle or concept or skill. Mm -hmm. Um well, I did. So since I started like in November, um, it was mm. a different kind of transition because yeah. I came yeah. in, I had a weekend to set up my room and then start on Monday. And I'm also coming in where they've just lost their teacher yeah. they've had for two months. And they're yeah. like, what is this, you know, yeah. girl doing? I'm sure for the parents too. Yeah. Um, but I came in confident. I knew why I was hired. I felt like the principal, Sue Fawson, at the time who hired me, felt confident in me. She hired me because she told me, you know, she wanted a fresh, someone that was open mm -hmm. and ready to deliver like our IB program, mm -hmm. which was just starting that year. Mm -hmm. And um, I was just in and ready to learn. I was young and had energy and just wanted to do it all. So I signed up for all the committees and <laughs> was ready to learn from my, you know, mentor or my mentor teacher, my BITSA provider, mm -hmm. my support provider, 
what is that person called? Yeah, yeah, support provider. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I just went with it. I didn't look yeah. back. I just kept moving forward. And if I didn't know something, I just asked questions and figured it out and didn't get too hard on myself if I screwed something up, which I'm <laughs> sure I did plenty of. But yeah, I just tried to go in it knowing I got this. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good. So we have some quotes from people we interviewed. Um, we already touched on uh, one from your mom, but this is from your principal, Julie okay. Graham. Yeah. And so um, I'm not sure. I mean, a lot of times when I get a quote, I, I I know like, oh, this is going to be a comfortable thing to talk about. Oh, great. <laughs> but she says, she says that you're humble and that you don't always recognize your own expertise. What do you, what do you make of that? Yeah, I, I totally see why she says that. Okay. I guess like I'm the type of person that always wants to improve and everything I learn, hmm. like if I go to a PD, yeah, I'll totally try it, but then... And it might just be me and my own personal, like, I never feel good enough kind of mm. mentality. Um, but I always feel like I could do better. Or, you know, I do a lesson. I'm like, oh, man. And I just am always reflecting and mm. thinking, like, I could have done this different. I could have done this different. And I guess that humbleness mm. just comes from me never feeling like I've hit my 100% mm. got this. I yeah. always want to do more and yeah. want to improve. Yeah. Um, but the hard side of that is that I'm constantly exhausted, <laughs> exhausting myself because I feel like um, I've never hit, you know, the yeah. top of where I, you know, think yeah. I should be. Yeah. I still say, I'm like, this was the hardest year. Like you'd think after you're 14, you're, <laughs> you're like, okay, we're good, you know. Yeah. But yet I feel like more confused now <laughs> than I did in year one. And I think it's because I'm just, I'm learning too much and I'm so excited to try these new things but yeah. then you just go down the rabbit hole you yeah. know yes you, you know once you read this one book or you start following this one blog or this mm -hmm. one teacher and then you want to do oh you just learn too much yeah and that's kind of how i am <laughs> the dangers of learning too i much. know i'm like ignorance <laughs> is bliss that's why the first year teacher experience is great because you don't know anything you're you're just trying to survive and it's an interesting spin. <laughs> yeah. And I'm trying to thrive and do more and change yeah. and yeah. keep moving. So, yeah. Um, so a, a question around that. So if you um, if you are normally and I got to say what you're saying is often um, paired with people who are reflective and people look at them as kind of leading and trying new things and changing because they're always searching for like, what, what can I do differently? And that sort of hard on yourself type of attribute is also paired with people who are kind of seen as always changing and growing, um, mm -hmm. because you're being reflective and trying to refine it. But if you had to pick something, you're like, that went really well. Mm -hmm. Like what's a moment in your teaching in the, the past 14 years where you thought like that was, that was something that felt good to me. I would do it again. I would tell somebody about it. And now we already know you're humble. Like that's Julie's quote. And mm -hmm. so I'm putting you on the spot to think of 
something you might brag about a little bit. Okay, I, I got it. In fact, oh, okay, I actually good, brought good, good. something with me that oh, you I was going to show you. <laughs> you brought something from your files. Yes, I did because it's something we're doing right now. So when I moved to third grade, yeah. um, something that I really wanted to see was some sort of a play or production at the end oh. of the year, and it didn't exist. And I thought, well, I could go and buy something, or how about I just make my own? So oh, like I wrote write, write your own play, and I did. <laughs> What? <laughs> so I wrote my own play. My uh, colleague at the time, Christine Lee, who's amazing and is actually, she left third grade and then she actually just came back this year, yeah. which I was so happy about. She had written like a few songs, like teaching songs when she okay. taught third grade yeah. and um, had taught them to me when I came to third. Like there's like a Kung Fu dividing song that teaches the kids about division, like yeah. cutesy little songs to help them remember. Kung Fu dividing. Exactly. Yeah. And she had like three or four of them. And I started thinking about these songs as I was learning them and teaching them to my kids once we got to that unit yeah. and thought, hmm, we could do something more with these songs. Yeah. What if I wrote a musical? And yeah. so I took her four songs <laughs> and added like eight more that I wrote <laughs> okay. and then wrote a whole script. Okay. And we're now in year 11 of doing this big production yeah. with the entire third grade. Yeah. So 100 kids. And um, so just on your creative process. Uh, when you write a song, are you thinking melody? Are you thinking words? Like, how does that come together? Right. So I don't write music, okay. but I write the words. Okay. So, like, for instance, we took the YMCA. Yeah. And um, the song I wrote to oh, YMCA okay. was Communities, you know, we're tied. And we did a whole unit on communities, like yeah. suburban, urban. Yeah. Well, we just actually changed it this year because we don't teach that anymore. Because, okay. you know, everything has to change on us <laughs> all the time. So now it's called technology. And we talk about all the things we do in our classroom with technology. Yeah. And so you're taking familiar melodies. Familiar melodies. Rewriting the words. Yes. Brilliant. Yes. So and people then, walk in and they, they get hooked. They know the melody. Right. It's fun for the kids, yeah. but it's fun for the parents, too. Yes. And yeah. then the whole um, gist of the play, it's we have like eight of the main characters. They come back as like 100-year-olds reflecting back on third grade. Like they're at a reunion, oh, so, seeing each other for the first yeah. time after all this time and oh talking gosh. about, reminiscing about third yeah. grade. And then they just go into song and remember this song and remember when we learned about, yeah. you know, yeah. Fullerton and the history of Fullerton. And we have a song for that. Yeah. So. That's cool. Yeah. So show me what you brought me. Oh, is this, this is the, the whole script. The, the actual play? Yeah. So I originally wrote it and wrote like a grant just to get like the props and costumes yeah. for all the arts. Yeah. And that's kind of why I was like, okay, I can do this. Now we yeah. have 500 bucks. I can spend it on costumes and right. stuff like that. So yeah, I change it. I've changed it throughout the year, but this is just like the script with the songs in oh, it. Oh, that's cool. And we save it for the end of the year. So the kids are doing it right now and we're performing. You should come actually. We're performing yeah. Um, yeah, next Friday. So okay. I'll write it um, on my calendar. Okay. That's awesome. So it's fun. And now the kids, every year I'm like, oh, I don't know if I have it in me to do this again. <laughs> but then the kids, you know, from the previous year have seen it. And then the parents, you know, with siblings, they're like, we have to do the third grade play. <laughs> so now I guess I can't let it go. <laughs> That's great. So um, yes, that is one thing. I'll pat myself on the back. It's pretty awesome. And it's a nice <laughs> way to awesome. end the year. Yeah, I love that. So um, just touching on that, when you said you write songs... Uh, well, at first you introduced um, your your co-teacher who writes songs, and mm -hmm. um, but that was actually a quote from Emily McDougal, oh. and it was bonus feedback. It was like, "Tell us anything you want us to know about Blair." She said she writes. We rap, like to jam rap songs <laughs> and spoken word. Okay, tell me about that. Um, Not all teachers no, say that. I'm 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 like a poet, so I've okay. been writing poetry since I was a kid. Um, but yeah, I love to like fit it, fit words to. I'm I'm like the person that sings in the shower to like random songs but put my own words to right. it. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know why I do that. I cannot <laughs> sing okay. at all. I have no voice. And it's like quite embarrassing actually trying to teach the kids how to sing these songs. Because I'm like, I don't know if they can learn how to sing the melody. <laughs> um, so thank God Christine Lee is back because she's a beautiful singer. Uh, and so now she's back and can teach them how to cool. sing it. I'm like, I can teach you the words and how yeah. to like move your body, but I can't sing it. Yeah. Um, do you have any so, tips? Somebody's listening who's like, oh, that sounds cool. I would want to try that. How would you help somebody who's new to teaching or hasn't tried that? How would you help them try out rap, spoken words, songs, that kind of musical type of engagement? I kind of think like everyone has their own talents, right? Mm. Like I don't know if that's something that everyone can naturally just do. And I'm not mm -hmm. saying like I'm a expert at it. It's fun for me and right. it just yeah. comes out of my brain. Yeah. I don't know why I just, I like to rhyme and it's how I think in a weird way. I don't know what it is, but That's I think cool. there's other teachers out there that it's not whether if they can write a poem or if they can write, you know, a rap, but just to use their passion for what they have, they might be amazing with, you know, some sort of building or STEM stuff and, yeah. I don't have that in me. In fact, yeah. I was telling Pablo before, I can't even tell you what direction we're in right now. Like, where's Basque? I don't know. Um, but just yeah. use your own talents. Yeah. And okay. I mean, I tell my yeah. students that too. You know, we talk in the beginning of the year, right. every year, like, what is it that defines you? Like, are you a musical person? Are you, do you like nature? Like, can you take yeah. us on a hike somewhere or tell me about this butterfly and what, it, you know? Yeah. I don't know, whatever it is. But I think everyone should just follow what speaks to them. Yeah. And that's good advice instead of forcing it like, oh, I want to do what, what Blair does. Like finding their own like unique, original gift to teaching, yeah. as it were, or connection. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, okay. So we have, um, well, we're really at our time, at our allotted 20 minutes, but there's something I want to touch on that um, Julie shared too. And she, she talked about um, socially conscious and equity minded. And that's how she described you. And she talks about a, a trick or treat um, for UNICEF mm -hmm. um, and a kindness on a kindness movement. Um, so yeah. comment on one of those or both of those. Okay. Um, well, I'm, I'm well-traveled before I, um, started teaching before I had kids, actually, I, I traveled a lot and I'm, I like to be open to different cultures and just the worldly aspect I mm -hmm. like to bring into my classroom mm -hmm. through literature, through anything that we can do. It's not necessarily part of our curriculum, but it's important to me to mm -hmm. let them know, like, there's more than the bubble of Fullerton, like there's more out yeah. there. So trick or treat for UNICEF, it was just something that somebody had done when I started teaching there and it just kind of stopped. Um, but I brought it back mm. and just to open their mind that we're not all, I mean, Beachwood is a pretty privileged school. There's a lot mm. of really um, successful families and they have a lot of opportunities and a lot of resources. Mm -hmm. And I want those children to also understand that not every kid grows up that way yeah. and um, how amazing it is when you can earn, you know, 25 cents in donation for, you know, 30 minutes of trick-or-treating, mm. what that can pay for. And like, yeah. you know, so yeah, we raised like, I think $2,000 the first year I did oh, it. Oh, wow. um, so it was oh pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, wow. 
And I forget what the other. Uh, The kindness movement. Oh, kindness. Yeah. So another thing like in third grade, well, in every grade level, they kind of have, they put on a flagpole every year, whether it's, you know, related to time of Thanksgiving or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. But third grade didn't really have like a special tradition that they did. So um, the new tradition that I created was let's pick a word or a movement each year. And so last year it was to be kind. We got shirts made for all the third graders. We learned songs about being kind. We had all the students at the entire school fill out like a kindness heart. And I decorated the entire school campus with these hearts, like a thousand of them. (laughs) This year it was about being you. So all about just being yourself, being unique, not trying to follow somebody else. Um, I don't know. I think those are important things to instill in in this age group and mm-hmm. it's important to me yeah. and I want them to be good human beings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's awesome. I love that. Um as we kind of wrap up our our time together, there's so much more to um like literally the interview uh material that I got, I was like there's no way we can touch on all this. It's just amazing. Um, so I'm going to email that to you so you can read cool. all about yourself. Uh, <laughs> My favorite. <laughs> but if you had to think back to like seven-year-old Blair um, and she had some advice, some like nugget of truth at seven, what she would want to remind you of, what do you think that Blair enjoyed about creating that teaching space that she would want to remind you of? What What was it that was... So what would seven-year-old Blair Mm -hmm. tell me now? Yeah. Just keep in mind that it's about the kids first and Hmm. to not worry so much about the politics of education and the hoops we have to jump through sometimes. Mm -hmm. But if you can just remember that there's that little seven, eight-year-old person with these sparkling eyes that want to learn and find out what the world is all about, Mm. that's what's important. And that's what they'll remember. They're not going to remember that worksheet or that, (laughs) you know, one lesson you did that was dull and boring that (laughs) the teacher probably didn't want to teach anyways. It's about the connections and those more, you know, lasting feelings that will take them through. Cool. Well, that that wraps it up for us today. Thank you so much, Blair. Thank you. This has been great. This has been the Teacher Interview Podcast. Thank you for joining us.